Hi, this is Sam Garman. And I'm Michael Soto. You're listening to Transform. The podcast where we explore the stories and experiences of folks who are transgender. Beyond the transition. One, two, three, four. What did your mom say? What is your real name? How about those drugs that you take? And does your voice change? How come you don't feel ashamed? What kind of love do you make? But you don't care about my answers. Your questions ignore me. Let me tell you a story. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about outing. Uh, some of the experiences of outing, what it's like for people, what is it, and then what are the ethics of outing. And in a very exciting turn of events, we have our very first Ask the Trans Guys topic, uh, where we're going to answer a question that someone sent to us and talk about uh, some ally opportunities in that. So we, uh, we have a lot to cover today. We um, do. So let's get to it. Um, so what does it mean uh, to out someone? So outing is to tell someone else's story about who they are, either their gender identity or their sexual orientation, without their consent. What it comes down to, uh, as we were talking about before, Sam, is really disclosing, right? Disclosing status, whatever status, about someone uh, without, without their permission, you know, without honoring their agency, um, without really uh, allowing them to be fully human, right? Because when you're outing uh, without... Well, I guess outing in general, right? When you're outing someone, that is, by definition, without their permission. So it means that instead of having that connection with someone, understanding what they're comfortable with, having had that intentional conversation to know uh, what part of their story other people have permission to share, uh, you're just taking it upon yourself, right, to share whatever you want to about that person. And for for moving forward, the outing applies to folks who are lesbian and gay and bisexual, um, and it also applies to trans folks. And so for the purposes of this episode, we acknowledge that, but we are going to be talking about the trans experience. So uh, just know that going forward. Absolutely. Uh, Outing could also apply to things like HIV status Mm -hmm. uh, or other sort of identities or status in life uh, that are sensitive or that people maybe don't want others to fully disclose. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but as you said, we're going to be focusing on the trans piece. And so outing and coming out are two fundamentally different things. Uh, yeah. So as a, as a trans person, I have the opportunity to come out about myself. Um, and sometimes it, it doesn't feel like an opportunity. Sometimes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that feels very scary. Um, a lot of the times, actually, it feels really scary. But coming out is a choice that I get to make depending on the situation that I'm in. And so um, unlike what often is portrayed, like there's no like one coming out time where, okay, so I came out. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's an everyday, all the time kind of a thing where you have to navigate the process of coming out. So that is coming out as it is as it is different than outing. Have you seen Love, Simon? It's I amazing. have. It's amazing. So good. But such a great example yeah. of the difference between coming out versus outing, right? Yes. So in that movie, spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> so. Yikes. That was, that was a big spoiler. That, that was, was a big a, one. That was a big spoiler. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, in this film, this, uh, this new film that's out in theaters right now, this young man who's in high school, 
um, is essentially outed, right? Yeah. Uh, through a process of blackmail, even. So yeah. in a very coercive way, uh, he is very publicly outed. Um, but I think his response when he when he confronts the other character in the film that outed him is really beautiful, where he mm-hmm. says, "You, you know, he basically says, you took that." the the choice away from me that was supposed to be my choice to tell people how i wanted to and when i wanted to Mm -hmm. and you robbed me of that and that's you know essentially that is the difference between coming out and outing yeah like coming out is when you're ready coming out is it honors your ability to make those choices and to to tell people your truth and who you are in a way that feels safe and comfortable for you Mm -hmm. and for them hopefully yeah well an outing also um generally has an experience of gotcha yeah. like i you thought that they were a real man but now gotcha he's actually trans and so he's not really that much of a man or whatever that is and so the outing is there can be a maliciousness to it yeah. and even if there's not malicious intent telling someone's story without their consent does not allow them the safety of deciding who to tell that story to exactly and so when we talk about outing like there is there is a fundamental safety concern about that that i think folks who have never had the experience of being at risk because of your gender identity for violence and mistreatment there's for someone who's outing probably has not had that experience right and that is um it's really hard to understand the feeling of what it would feel like to be outed around something that has the potential to be so scary and harmful. Yeah. Well, when we're talking about that gotcha moment, the, the root really of the root of violence that trans people experience, right. And gay and lesbian and bisexual people as well often is around this idea that somehow we've hidden who we actually are. Mm -hmm. Right. We haven't, we haven't told everyone, you know, at every moment <laughs> our entire truth and medical history and right and all of those pieces. So then we're lying, right? Yeah. Or we're hiding. Um, which I mean, you know, how many people do you, we meet as individuals in a day and, and who discloses, you know, their most intimate parts of their life or medical history or, you know, or uh personal life in some way no one right (laughs) that doesn't happen that's not how we greet each other but there's a different standard for um trans people in specific and for lgbt people right as well or for lesbian gay bisexual people as well um and that for me is where like that the violence that we experience right we see that we've seen that over and over even argued in court right as the defense for people murdering gay lesbian and transgender people um is that well i was panicked because they didn't tell me who they really were right or they didn't i didn't know that this person was trans or this person was gay or lesbian um and so when there is such potential for um such extreme violence you know like i mean violence of any kind but all the way from just harm to murder right (laughs) uh you have to be very careful um in how we we, we, ha- we have to be careful on how we talk about each other and how we talk about other people and, and allies need to realize that as well, right? Is that uh, there's a, we have to extend some care because the ramifications can be so serious. And the reality is that someone's gender identity is not yours to share. Absolutely. Um, and so if, you know, if the person that you're talking about walks through the world identifying themselves as a man and presenting as a man for you to 
share the history of their journey, it's it's just not yours. It's it doesn't get to be something that you own. We have to allow people to own their own stories. We all want to own our own stories. Right. And so when when other people do that for us, there's there's a violation of and a betrayal there. Sometimes folks ask me, um, how do you know the right pronoun, right, to call someone? Mm-hmm. Uh, and my answer is always ask that person. Uh, and usually the response is, well, what if I don't want to ask that person? I'm like, ask that person, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> There's not like a workaround to this right. one. Right. There's not like a bank of pronouns somewhere you can just <laughs> Google up and be like, oh, I see here that this yeah. person is on the list. Exactly, <laughs> under these pronouns. Um, and so I think the same thing goes for um, – you know, talking in any way about people, right? Mm-hmm. About their identities. Um, ask them how they want to be referred to, spoken of, and talked about. Um, and that might be an uncomfortable conversation for you to ask, right? But ultimately, it shows respect and that you're extending basic human dignity um, to other people beyond yourself. So I think it's really key is to ask. Yeah. I mean, it's this is another fundamental consent conversation. Yes. This idea that if you share something about someone that needs to be done with their consent. Absolutely. And so, you know, that it doesn't matter. So you and I are doing this podcast wherein we tell potentially anyone who wants to listen right. that we're trans. <laughs> so really, you know, we're out here. I could wear a t-shirt literally every day of the week that says, I'm trans, ask me about my pant parts. <laughs> like that, we could, we could do that all day long. Right. And yet... Someone else should not be talking about our identity yeah. without our explicit consent. Exactly. The fact that we do this podcast does not give explicit consent for someone to talk about us. Yes. Exactly. And if someone doesn't know us, right, and like well enough to ask for our consent, they probably shouldn't be talking about our status as trans guys. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just <laughs> so true. And and if you give that consent in a specific instance, right? Like if uh, there have been workshops, right, that I've given to parents or mm-hmm. to, you know, specific groups of people where I've said, it is okay for you to talk to your children or talk to your parents or talk to whoever, right, or your relatives about this this moment and you can talk about my identity, right? I give mm-hmm. you permission to do that. That doesn't mean that everyone always has permission to then, you know, talk about my life <laughs> and my status as a transgender person um, to anyone that they want, right? Like that was a moment in time and there was a reason why I gave that permission to a group of people. It doesn't mean that everyone has that, right? Yeah. And I think that's a hard thing to navigate for people who don't necessarily understand the experience of what it is to be outed um i think that's a hard it's a hard experience to understand fully what that might look or feel like to someone and so i think it's it's important for us to explicitly say like this is these are some of the ethics about outing and these are some of the ethics about talking about people's gender identity um and and here's why we do that yeah um and and i just think that I, th- I think that this one is one of those conversations that's really complex and nuanced. And so that's why it's important for us to talk about it in this podcast. So we've talked about, we covered some of the ethics already. Uh, one agency, right? Being respected, uh, respecting how that person wants to be spoken of uh, and referred to in public or in private. Um, and that being linked to consent, right? Always asking for permission uh, to speak about anyone in any way, right? Um, I think there are 
are many examples in pop culture of people who have come out and been able, you know, to have that experience be sort of life affirming and authentic to what they wanted it to be. Um, Laverne Cox is a great example, right? Um, she's able to, you know, sort of on the cover of time, claim <laughs> her identity, right? Mm-hmm. And um, be able to own that on her own terms. Um, but there are also instances of people who have been outed, right? Um, so like Caitlyn Jenner, um, who we can acknowledge is uh, a problematic public figure, um, certainly not representative of the transgender community as a whole, um, but still she didn't deserve to be outed, right? She That wasn't justification for the media to, uh, or for anyone to out her um, outside of her own ability to do that. Yeah, and I think that one of the, one of the interesting conversations is um, about people who might, quote, deserve to be outed. And I think that that is something that we've seen multiple times when there have been faith leaders or politicians who have been exceptionally harmful to the LGBTQ community. Then it turns around and they get outed by someone as actually engaging in um, gay sex or those kind of things. And that kind of outing is seen as maybe justified or righteous like they hurt us and so we're going to turn around and expose their hypocrisy and hurt them back right and i would still argue that there is not space for that yeah yeah i mean in fact that has been a a a tactic of a more sort of uh, a, a very aggressive tactic right of lgbt politics in some ways or lgbtq individuals um like Michael Signorelli, right, who has made his career <laughs> by outing people uh, who are uh, very conservative, right, and working against the LGBT community. Um, and the justification has been, well, they're harming us and they're hypocrites, and so we should expose them. Um, but in and of itself, right, that is, for me, where I struggle with that a lot is, on one hand, we're asking as trans or LGBTQ individuals to be respected, to be treated with human dignity, to be treated with compassion, and then not uh, extending all of those same things to other people who are a part of our community or aren't, right? So whether someone is publicly out or not, they're a part of our community and we're causing harm, right? And they may be causing harm and they have to live with that, right? <laughs> like that's something that's between mm-hmm. them and their God. Um, it isn't It isn't my right as a person then, right, to then cause harm to that person, to their family, to their community. Um, it just seems, it just seems wrong. Yeah, and it's there. It on on so many levels, there is something about it that feels so like we're vindicated and we're justified. And the only reason they were so terrible about us is because they hate themselves. Right. And there is something about that that feels like yes, like we are people right. who can't just turn around and say terrible things about and make laws about us and act like we're these demonic people and the only people who do that are the ones who are secretly gay or trans and there's a part of that that is very it makes us feel very justified and i had a i had a front seat to one of these famous instances i when i was both identifying as straight and identifying as a woman i went to the church where ted haggard was the pastor and if you haven't followed that saga at all he got caught with a male prostitute 
um, and was in you know, was taking drugs with him and like all of you know all of these things that the media relayed in sordid detail, right. which really sort of. It, the impact on his church was massive. Uh-huh. Um, the impact on his family was massive. And I think that Ted Haggard was was really terrible to and for the gay community. Absolutely. Absolutely awful. Yeah. As a person who sat in that church, I know what his views were, and I know what he preached about. And it many times felt like just absolutely being dipped in acid because I knew there was a part of me that was that identified that way right and the impact on the people around him I just I can't say that I think that's a justified thing right I mean it's not right like that doesn't uh it doesn't correct by by outing him it doesn't undo the harm that he did from the pulpit right um and in fact it may magnify it in some ways um, because he was doing harm regardless and then doing harm to him uh, doesn't change that it doesn't correct it it doesn't undo it um and it isn't it isn't a restorative process right it doesn't <laughs> recognize anyone's dignity or humanity uh, the people he hurt him or anyone else right yeah. um and so how can we expect to come to a place of resolution um when resolution isn't even a part of that process right so we recognize that that opinion might not be shared by right. all of you, and Absolutely. we would certainly be open to a conversation about that. Right. Uh, if you want to send an email or comment about that on our Facebook page or um, engage in discussion, and you know, it's possible that we might all be able to hear different sides of that story. Uh, and you know, ultimately, you have to decide what your own ethics are around. Uh, outing people potentially or talking about other people's identities. Um, the things that I think we're asking you to consider are that person's choices, you know, their ability to choose, to consent, to be a part of um, the way that you talk about them, um, and to consider, you know, to consider extending to that person uh, how you would want to be talked about, right, in, in whatever facet of your life, whatever the sort of most sensitive part of your life is. Um, think about how you would want other people to talk about that or if you would want other people to talk about that and then how you would ask other people to talk about that. That might be a place to start, right? So our very first Ask a Trans Guy question comes from a good friend of mine who, when I talked about doing this podcast, he was like, ooh, I have a question that I want you to kind to, to discuss. Will you do this? And I was like, well, sure, I'll be your resident trans guy. Um, and, and hence, Ask a Trans Guy is born. So this is our first segment where um, we actually engage with folks who are listening or folks in our lives who have asked questions um, and want us to discuss them on the air. So um, the this question is, how do I talk about a friend who's trans in a way that honors our history. So um, this friend and I worked together many, many years ago. Um, and so the question is like, how would he talk about me to someone else in our past experience in a way that honors the fact that I've now come out and I use a different name and different pronouns? Um, and I think this is an interesting question as it relates to outing. Uh, so it fits nicely in this episode. And I think it's a question that um, many of you allies out there might have experience with wondering like, how do I navigate this and I'll admit even honestly that in telling stories about my younger self I sometimes struggle with like how do I refer to my younger self yeah because how did I like 
how how do I identify now versus how did I identify then? And like, right. should I use my birth name? And those are things that I've had to think about even as I refer to myself. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I uh, feel that experience as well. That's, that's a great question. And also it's complicated, right? Like how, and it may be different, right? For different folks. So uh, how have you reconciled that, Sam? So for me, I, um, I sort of own an honor that I have always my gender identity has always been male. Um, I should have always been using male pronouns, and uh, the name Sam, even though I chose it recently, um, should have been my name. Right. And so it is, for me, that feels like my truest identity. Um, and so um, in referring to myself in my younger years, I often either don't use pronouns at all. Huh. Um, so I'll refer to myself as, you know, that I look at that kid and or like as a like as a child i those kind of uh, you know tell the story that way but if i do use pronouns or a name i will use he and sam um because it does that actually feels right to me as opposed to trying to use my birth name or female pronouns which doesn't feel right in referring to myself now that i'm now that i'm clear about who i am and my identity uh that really resonates with me as well um i don't even I mean, I, I cringed every time someone would say my birth name or use feminine pronouns mm-hmm. with me when when they did that. <laughs> 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 and so I can't I can't imagine referring to myself in that way because it, it always felt so wrong, right? Um, so I think I take a similar approach. Like I use the pronouns I use now and my name now. Um, and I think that um, the 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 point that I think we're both making that I think is really for allies and for folks who are talking about their trans loved ones pre-transition, these are points that I think to boil down is this. they Most trans people, and I cannot speak for all trans people. I, right. We should clarify that. Yep. Most trans people will tell you that they always were the gender that they currently live in. Right. They just maybe couldn't say it or it wasn't, like, it wasn't obvious for them. And so in utilizing those names and pronouns, you're honoring the gender that they were. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing is that the name that they've chosen reflects the name that most fits with their with their identity. Yes. And so to use a name that's a birth name um, is a can be a really harmful thing. Actually, right. um, that can that can really feel like, uh, in, in some ways, it's even used as a weapon. Uh-huh. Like I've seen people's birth names weaponized against them, yes. where it's like your identity i'm just dismissing your identity entirely by utilizing your birth name so those two things i think are really important to think about right and in fact that is called dead naming right so it's um it is using someone's uh, a name that they never identified with to harm them right Um, to cause hurt Um, so i think this also you know this ties into the the outing advice as well right ask people yes um you know if there's someone who's trans in your life uh who you knew before they publicly transitioned um or transitioned in a way that you knew about talk to that person like ask how they want you to talk about them during that time right um that will give you some guidance on what's permissible and what isn't uh, what will make this person in your life feel like you respect them and uh, are not trying to do harm yeah. And I think also in thinking about how to talk about your history, um, r- think about if the person that you're currently talking to knew that person before. Uh, really good. Because, because that 
answer does change the way you might talk about them. Absolutely. So one example of this is um, my best friend and her wife live in a different state, and I married them. I married them pre-transition. And so all of the people that attended their wedding knew me pre-transition. Um, and so when I go to visit them and they're talking about my visit, people say like, oh, who's this friend that's visiting? And now they're in a situation where they're like, you are a person that I – like." You're a person that I'm close to. You knew this person pre-transition, but now, like, if we go to drinks together, someone with a different name and pronouns is going to show up. And so one of the things I've really appreciated that they've done is they have navigated the space of telling those folks uh -huh. um, that, like, oh, yeah, the person that married us um, identifies as Sam now and uses male pronouns. Yeah. And so when I show up, I don't get hit with, um, wait a minute like w that's not your name like i don't understand uh, how did your voice get so deep and i'm like freaking testosterone i don't know like <laughs> right <laughs> like do i need to go into all of my medical <laughs> history with you right now <laughs> um but what it does is it sort of like it makes it makes the other person feel like they have an understanding they're like okay cool and they can be clear about the expectations and when i walk in i don't have to I make an announcement to the room like, okay, everyone, I know you all knew me as this name right. and this gender identity, um, and here's how this. For me, that feels really supportive and helpful, and I am yeah. exceptionally grateful that they do that so that I don't have to navigate that space right. with people that I don't really have relationships with other than acquaintances. Right, yeah. Um, and so, like, but not every – trans person might appreciate that and so definitely ask your friends that's but that is one thing that i have felt is really supportive uh -huh. that has just been really helpful for me so i don't stress about going to san diego to visit them because i don't think that i have to come out to all their people because they kind of handle that for me right. in a way that feels that and i really trust them with my narrative and they you know they have permission to do that right I've experienced something similar with uh, family members, uh, in particular with my, my dad, my mom, and one of my cousins named Monica. They've really been just incredible advocates for um, for me in regard to parts of the family that I don't have a lot of connection with, you know, or that I uh, haven't seen since I was a kid. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my family lives all over, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, we have a big extended family, and so I don't, you know, some of them I've probably never even met in person. And so... Um, they've really been wonderful advocates who've just been like, you know, able to kind of be those, those people that I trust, um, that I've come out to and had personal conversations with about how I would like them to talk to me. And they're just able to, you know, in spaces where I'm not, um, whether it's back East or, you know, in other, in other sort of family settings where I'm not there, they're able to kind of draw a line and be like, his name is Michael this is how we will talk about him, right? <laughs> and, mm -hmm. like, it doesn't, you know, and they've had that conversation with me, so they know that that's just how I want to be referred to, and I want masculine pronouns. No matter what time they're talking about in my life, that's how they should refer to me. Um, and they've just been incredible advocates and able to, you know, really been, they've really been able to shift the uh, acceptance that I've felt within my family and the uh, safety that i felt within my mm -hmm. family because I know that the three of them are, drawing that line and before it even gets to me right which yeah it feels really wonderful for me you know but again they have my permission to talk about me in the way that they um do and 
uh, we have developed that trusting relationship where they can be effective allies and advocates. Yeah, and I think this is a this is a role that allies can play yeah. that might not be like this might not be when you think about being an ally the first thing you think of, but this can be a role that has the potential of really changing things. I think about especially early in my transition when I would be like, okay, I'm gonna I got invited to a party. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see a whole bunch of people that have known me a long time. Yeah. And what will it feel like to walk into that room? And so now I have to either out myself to everyone in the room or I have to endure being dead named by everyone in the room. Right. Or I don't go. And a lot of times I chose not to go. Absolutely. Because it was so overwhelming to think about coming out to all those people. Yeah. And I didn't know how to ask my allies to do that work for me. The first time someone offered to do that was like, you know, I'll go a little bit earlier than you do, and I'll just tell people, like, here's here's what we're like. His name is Sam. We're using male pronouns, right. and like, and as an ally, you you can just choose not to take any shit about that. Exactly. Like you you can just be like, yeah, no, I'm not telling you anything else other than that. Right. What I'm telling you <laughs> is his name is Sam. Yeah. And when he gets here today, that's what you're gonna call him. Right. And, and as a trans person, <laughs> I don't get to do that yeah. because t- when I do it, it feels really defensive and I'm an asshole and right. why don't I want to talk to people who are my friends and like all of these kind of things when it's like, especially at the beginning stages of transition, all you're talking about is the, all of these changes in your life and yes. people want to talk to you about, oh my God, tell me about the drugs you take and what about this? And are you going to get quote the surgery? It's like, <laughs> oh, what, I don't even know what that means. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so like as a as an ally you have a really unique space where you can go in and just be like here's the deal draw the line it's not about you and so you get to be like right. you can kind of be the like you can be the asshole for your friend right. who doesn't get the place to do that yeah. and um and so that is a that is a really powerful way um as an ally that you can show up if you have the consent of the person you're talking to. Right. And even as an ally, you could you could offer that. Yeah. Because the trans people in your life might not know that you would be willing to do it. Right. Um, but so if, it sounds, if it sounds really fun to you to tell a whole <laughs> bunch of people what's what um, and have and have like permission to kind of be like, no, 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 we're not answering any more questions. If that sounds fun to you, uh, this is maybe your role as an ally. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah i think that you know creating that safe space for people right that's ultimately what that that kind of ally is doing is they're sort of forging the path ahead and mm-hmm. saying this is the container that i can help create in the world for you as my friend right or as my loved one um and that's really hard to ask for especially early in transition i mean i remember um you know kind of even struggling with being able to uh, have a relationship with and and talk to uh, my very best of friends, right? Because I didn't know how to ask them yet to talk to me, to talk about me or talk about our common past or uh, without unintentionally outing me or, mm-hmm. you know, bring, bringing my old name or, you know, the pronouns that they used then as uh, a part of the story and that really hurt right and it was hard to articulate that one it felt very vulnerable and scary to ask that of people i didn't know if they would be okay with not doing that anymore mm-hmm. um and so sort of my you know kind of like to your point about not going to the party my default for a while was not to engage right whether yeah. that was with friends or family 
Um, but clearly not a long-term sustainable thing, right? <laughs> because those people are important in our lives. Um, and so it took a lot to figure out how to ask people, um, how to ask people to talk about our common past without being hurtful. Um, but once I was able to do that, uh, people signed on real quick, right? They were just like, oh, great. All right, I'm in. You yeah. Know? And so it's made a huge difference. Um, and those people jumping on board and being a part of that, right? Those, mm -hmm. those highly effective mm -hmm. allies um, have made a huge difference in my life too. And sometimes the question is like, what language do I use? Like how much right. do I tell? Mm -hmm. um, how do I navigate the, the potential questions? Um, and in our society, I think especially we are sort of like, there's this idea about like you're being rude if you, right. if people ask you questions that you don't want to answer and you say no, right. like this idea of rudeness. Yeah. And the, um, and so it's hard in those situations to sort of like, how do I have the words to deal with that? And sometimes it's just like, coming up with this is my script and i'm sticking to the script no matter what i do absolutely his name is sam we use male pronouns i don't want to answer any more questions about his transition right. that's not my story to tell right and frankly it's not the most interesting thing about him right so ask him about his work because his work is cool right um and 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 having something that like this is my script and i don't deviate from this script yeah. that is one way i mean i still to this day get emails from people that I've had relationships with for a very, very long time where wow. it's like me and several other women who will say like, Hey ladies. And I just want to, like, I have to resist the urge to send back. I am not a freaking lady. <laughs> Stop calling me that. Yeah. And trying oh. to navigate that space where it's like, that is not how you should refer to me. Right. Like, and, and there are so many ways that are not gendered that you can refer to a group of people, right? Hey, folks. Hey, friends. Hey, y'all. Hey, right. <laughs> I mean, there's a friend of mine on Facebook the other day posted, a, like, this list of, like, yep. 40 different terms, right? Like, it doesn't – it takes an extra second maybe right now because we're not used to it, right? Someone's not used to making that effort to not gender their language. But once you start making that effort, it becomes habit mm -hmm. just like everything else, right? So it may take a moment – to make the switch but once you make the switch it becomes habit and you can start addressing large and small groups of people in a way that does not offend anyone's gender mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, or gender identity so. yep um another thing about figuring out how to talk about shared history is um asking yourself whether their gender is in any way relevant to the conversation or the story I think this is one of those things that sometimes happens where we're like, oh gosh, I know this thing about my friend. I probably should make, I should say it. I think I should say it. <laughs> and it's like, actually, no, you don't, you don't need to say it. If their gender is not relevant to the story that you're telling, right. it's not necessary to call it out. Yep. And I'm just going to give you all permission here. So everyone listening to this, here's your permission. You're not lying about your friend by using their correct name and pronouns. Exactly. You do not know, you do not owe anyone their story of transition. Right. You are not being deceitful by acknowledging that their gender identity is true for them. Right. You are not rewriting history. Exactly. Heavy quotes. Yes. Um, by utilizing the name and gender pronouns that feel most correct for them and that are and and are the most true for them um, and so don't let yourself get caught up in this narrative that like oh i'm not being honest if i don't acknowledge this right. like that's actually not that's not true that's exactly. not a thing and in fact you are 
you are being uh, as honest as you possibly could be because you are honoring that person's authentic identity and their true self, right? So you are you're doing the opposite of what society has trained you to think you're doing. Um, you are being as compassionate, kind, and respectful as you can be by honoring how someone asks you to talk about them. Yeah. And I think it goes without saying that you don't really need to provide any information about their transition, right. medical or non-medical. Ever. You ever. ever. You don't. You just don't, don't. You just do not ever need to get into like the conversation about what surgeries they may or may oh, not have had yeah. no. or what drugs they may or may not take or any way in which they have altered their body in order to feel more correct like that all of all of that is unnecessary to any conversation about your transgender friend unnecessary and even inappropriate right yeah. like that's just um if you're if you would not do the same thing for everyone else's medical history in your life then don't do it for your trans friends right or your trans loved ones like if you're not going to have a conversation about someone's coronary bypass or facelift or whatever it is right <laughs> then don't don't do that for transgender people it's just not it's not your place it's not appropriate it's not necessary thanks for listening make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on a single new episode our music is by skylar kurgle check him out at skylarkurgle.com where you can see what he's up to and link to all his social media we want to hear from you you can connect with us on transformpod.com or on facebook at transformpod we appreciate all your questions and feedback, so please email us at transformpod at gmail.com. We really encourage your thoughtful and positive feedback. If you disagree with us, that's fine, but we will not engage in any name-calling or dehumanizing talk, so please just don't do it. Thanks for going beyond the transition with us. Please tell me a story.